You're listening to the Bride Chilla Podcast, helping bride chillas and groom chillas plan their wedding minus the bullshit. One podcast at a time with your host, Alicia McCormack. Well, welcome to episode 323 of the Bride Chiller Podcast. Alicia McCormack is my name. I don't know why I said it like that. It's annoying. I am the host of this here shindig and the founder of Bride Chiller, which also includes a fantastic Facebook group called the Bride Chiller Community and two very kick-ass, kick-ass wedding planning guides, the Bride Chiller Guides that are available at bridechillerstore.com. They're colorful, they're bullshit free, and uh, if you know me, you know I swear, I truth tell, and mic drop a lot throughout them. They're also very helpful. Thank you everyone who has purchased a Bride Chiller Guide and has left me lovely reviews. I read them all. Rich and I high-five, my husband and I high-five, and uh, I'm very proud. We self-published these books, so it's means even more to us, I think, because we put our hearts and our souls and our money into producing these books. So a big thank you to everyone who has already purchased. And also, I'm going to extend last week's special offer. If you have not listened to the Fuck It Bucket sequel, which was last episode 322, I offered 15% off Bride Chiller Packs. That is the two books and tote pack, the special. If you use the code word fuck it, that is F-U-C-K-I-T, you will get 15% off your order. And uh, excited, very excited to be welcoming some new listeners who may have found me via another podcast I've been producing with the Mamma Mia podcast network in Australia called Hitched. It's a 10-part bullshit-free wedding planning, like a super quick bride chiller course. It's 10 episodes over 10 weeks, and I cover a lot of the stuff that I've covered in the last 323 episodes in a much more condensed way. So maybe you've got a friend who has potentially just, well, not potentially, maybe they've just got engaged. I don't know why they're potentially engaged. Maybe it's iffy. I don't know. Is the ring half on? Who knows? Maybe you've got a friend that's new to podcasts and they look at Bride Chiller and they're a bit daunted by 300 episodes. I don't know where to begin. Perhaps you just want to guide them into the Bride Chiller mindset, but they might be a bit overwhelmed by it all. Then Hitched is a perfect place to start. And if you have found me via Hitched and you're like, Christ, I didn't realize she'd made this many episodes. This is a lot of Alicia. Strap yourself in, friends. There is a lot of Alicia, but I have covered a lot of topics and I think you can definitely go through the back catalogue and pick and choose what is relevant to you at whatever stage you're at with your wedding planning and that excites me very much and I'm happy to have you all around as I'm also happy to to be having, oh, just don't even edit it out, just this is what I am, this is who I am. This is who I am. As I'm also excited to present this week's episode, over to you, future past Alicia. Oh boy, etiquette is a fun topic, a frustrating topic, a great topic, a topic that sometimes confuses me. Everyone's got different opinions. Who decides etiquette? Well, I don't know the answer to that, but today's today's guest may. She may not. We could all just make it up together. I'm so excited to welcome the lovely Tiffany Winshell onto the Bride Chiller podcast. Welcome, Tiffany. Thank you, Alicia. 
Thank you. Now, Tiffany, you are a stationery designer. You own Gourmet Invitations, uh, a gorgeous looking business. I've been um, doing a bit of cyber stalking as usual, as I try and do with all my guests. Lovely work. Very lovely work you Thank make. You. Thank you. Yes, I've been in business for almost 15 years. Really? I'm either very dedicated or crazy. <laughs> a little bit of both, maybe. I think that's even yeah. more charming. Now, Tiffany, you have a side hustle, not a side hustle, but some side uh, passion about the topic of etiquette. And that interests me very much because in our Bride Chiller community, in Facebook, and uh, I often get asked questions about, is this the right thing to do? I don't know the etiquette. And I get a bit flustered when it comes to this topic because I think we're in a weird transitional phase of uh, weddings and and uh, etiquette as well where some of the old stuff is really dead and then there's new wedding etiquette and then there's some weird stuff in the middle that I know you feel quite passionate about and uh, I'm excited to be talking with you today about this topic because I think there's a lot to discuss. Yeah, and my opinion has always been that as an expert, I'm going to tell you what the etiquette is, but in the end, you need to pick what's right for yourself and your family. Right, of course. And it is it is sort of flexible in the sense that not all traditional wedding etiquette fits into everyone's uh, wedding and plans and circumstances as well. So it's it's flexible in that sense, isn't it? Definitely. Especially the etiquette says you're supposed to list all of the people hosting your wedding. Well, if you have divorced parents and everybody's contributing, it starts to look like a law firm on your invitation. <laughs> so there's you know, situations like that, or I get a lot that there's like a sticky situation that her mother is paying, but the father's not. And He's not around anymore, but she feels like she has to list him. So I always say this is what it is supposed to be. And I'm doing air quotes as I talk. Um, But in the end, you have to do what you feel is right. And in the end, also, if you feel what's right, not going to give you the grief on your wedding day, then do that. Good. That's a very broad, chiller response, Tiffany. I'm very happy that you said it that way because I feel yeah. like sometimes people get so flustered and, and probably not our listeners. I, I would say that a lot of people that listen and partake in the world of bride chiller are probably a little bit more, uh, a little bit more calm or relaxed when it comes to some of the etiquette. But I know, you know, you head to some of the, mainstream, I'm using air quotes now, wedding forums. And there are some people that really take a lot of shit very seriously. And it is like the wrath of Grayskull just coming down on people if they dare step outside of the etiquette box. Do you find that, I mean, you're in the industry, you, you would meet a lot of different people that are traditionalists and then some, you know, new cool cats like us. Do you find that there are some people that are really, really sticklers to the old school etiquette? I do. And if that's what my client wants, then that's what they should do. Um, sure. Except I do see a lot online. I remember reading, and it probably is true etiquette, that when you're talking about the time of your wedding, and it's say 4.30 in the afternoon, that it should be half past four in the afternoon. But past means it's a funeral. So oh. it's half after four, which I think reads terribly. So I think there's little things like that. And in the end, what guest reading your invitation is actually going to know that etiquette? Oh my gosh. That's a good point. Half of this stuff, people will go, I don't care. What? I don't know. It doesn't make any sense to me. Just move on. 
There's the, um, also request the honor of your presence is for a church wedding and the pleasure of your company is for a non-church wedding. And again, who knows that? Nobody. I have, I've never heard that in my life. And yes. I've been, and I've read a lot of invitations. Good Lord, had no idea. Yes. And I think a lot of times people skim over the invitation too. They're like, who's getting married and where am I supposed to be at what time? Yeah. That you, you want to hit those key points, don't you? It's really what, where, when, how, and how much money have I got to give them? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and well, how far am I traveling? Is this going to require time off work? And uh, have I met yes, the exactly. other person? <laughs> right. <laughs> and do I have to wear a tuxedo that I don't own? And I'm going to have to go and buy or borrow some shitty tuxedo that I'd look ridiculous. I've got lots of things to say about black tie weddings. Um, Now, where do we begin? I know we've got a lot of points to hit. I've got lots of things to talk about. Gifts are a hard one. And I always struggle with giving advice about gifts. I know that since I've started this podcast three years ago, the evolution of online gift registries, like we've reached peak gift registries where it's totally cool you know, Zola is one of our sponsors. I know there's a bunch of other registries where they give you the opportunity to pick a lot of things from a lot of different areas. And that's really handy for a lot of couples who have a lot of their stuff and they don't need to have Aunt Janie bring a crock pot. Do they still make crock pots? Are they really a thing anymore? Yes, they do. I use mine all <laughs> Of course you do. I, do. What's the modern word for a crock pot? Have I lost my A mind? slow cooker. A slow, slow cooker. Co- Oh my crock god! Crockpot is the is the brand name. Oh, it's see, like Kleenex and tissues. Yeah, you're amazing. See, now I've learned something again. I never questioned it. I thought it was an old school thing. Of course, I love a slow cooker. Okay, I'll take the slow cooker. But I, I think the idea of an online gift registry has sort of changed gifting, I suppose, in a way because a lot of people are quite happy to go online and buy whatever one's been suggested that they need, uh, rather than having to go to a department store and pick something off the shelf? I don't know. Do you think it's it's changed? It definitely has changed. Um, And a lot of couples, they really want the money to save for their house or to use on their honeymoon. And I think that the online registries that you sort of are buying an experience or an idea are fantastic. Mm. Where I always have an issue with it is when people want to list it on the invitation. Okay. This is a big one because I didn't know this was such a no-no. Yes. And it surprises me. Yeah, Go so, for it. But if you think about it, you're inviting somebody to your wedding because you love them and you want them to share in your wedding day. Now, yes. probably secretly, lots of people are inviting people to get gifts, but that's secretly, you can think it, don't write it. <laughs> so what I always say is have a wedding website. Is it even yes. if you, yeah, is it, that's a perfect place to put it. You put all your registries on there with the link. I even try to get my clients not to say for website accommodations and registry, because even then you're implying, hello, I want a gift for my wedding. A big one. So I always just say, just put for more information, visit my website. Everybody has a website anymore and make sure you have all of your registry information there. So do you think even people putting a card in, well, you shouldn't be doing it then. It's just not, it's just not the done thing to put any sort of information about it. I will not the- sleep tomorrow night if you put one of those tacky <laughs> little cards in. Seriously, I don't want to hear about it. No. No. Well, I think the good thing is, and also a lot of people are talking about, oh, I don't know about programming a website and all this sort of stuff. I can list five off the top of my head of companies like The Knot, 
Zola with Joy. They all do free wedding websites attached to all of the stuff that they <laughs> offer, <laughs> to which one of them is one of my sponsors. Um, but but the idea that they're all drag and drop, it's not complicated. You can pick, I think for extra dollars, you can pick your own domain name. It's not, you're not going into the matrix, everyone. It's literally drag and drop some photos, add your text. There's your wedding website. Not very sophisticated, oh, is it? So Listen, I have some clients that really go above and beyond and put pictures of their their whole bridal party and how they met them. But really, at the end, you need to know where, when, and how. It's all listed, and they even have some great stock photos. If you don't even want to deal with uploading your own photos, they're very, very easy to set up. And I recommend everyone has one. And I, I do too. I think it's really simple. And I think also, especially if you want, as you said, to add information about accommodation, create a, a friend of ours created a really good Airbnb. They created their own Airbnb list and said, here's all the cool places I would choose to stay coming to our town and just shared the That's list fun. with us. Yeah. And it was so easy to do. And then also, yeah, as you said, you've got the registry and you can do any after-party brunch, pre-party, bloody rehearsal dinner, whatever, all that information is there. And it would save you time listing a lot of extra information in an invitation pack as well. Especially the accommodations links where it'll link right to your wedding with the group code. Those get so long on the invitation. Mm -hmm. So even using um, a service like Bitly or Owly, even Google has one now, and those are free. You can put in, say, Jan and Joe's wedding. Like, so it'll be bit.ly dot Jan and Joe's wedding and it can click right to your website or Jan and Joe's hotels. I do that for clients all the time because it looks cuter. It's not all the slashes with numbers and letters. That, and that's a great way to get around having to pay for your own domain. Hey, that's a really good suggestion. I use Bitly all the time and I'd never suggested to anyone to use that as their, um, their wedding URL. That's a fantastic idea. Yeah, so then you'll have to pay for it. And if, so for people, just to reverse just quickly so we can really – Bitly shortens links. And as you said, you can then personalize that link. So you're really redirecting a link, a big, long, crappy link that no one wants to look at and go, you know, typing in 28 things. And then it's a nice, yep. short, succinct link. Very good. Because especially those room blocks, they'll be marriott.com slash booking slash – and then a whole string of letters and numbers. And that's difficult to put on an invitation for somebody to then type in. And it looks mm. ugly. It sure does. And it's so easy to type the wrong thing. And then you're just in some sort of deep web porn ring. Um, <laughs> hopefully not. But I mean, enjoy yourself while you're there. Tell me a little bit more. Okay, so the gift stuff, that's good to know. I think a lot of people would be unaware that that might be a big etiquette no-no. And also... Uh, that, you know, it's easy to send someone to the website. You can provide lots more information. And also from a design perspective as well, as a designer, would you help someone add a little bit of flair to their website with graphics or anything else? Or is that part of what you do or what that we can get designers to do to make sure you can continue a theme, for example? Absolutely. Now, surprisingly in 15 years, no one has asked me to do that. Come on, guys. I know it's a good idea. idea. I said, and I'll go to a wedding website, and I was like, oh, the fonts don't match. Oh. <laughs> you got to have the matching fonts. Something like that is so easy. I could send over a PNG. It said it would be so easy just to even for the names and the date. Keep it all making it all snazzy. And I know that that's probably not Bridechella, but it has to match. No, I actually agree. You know, it's funny because we've been working on my books and 
and my husband Rich is an architect and he's a very um well, I suppose he likes everything to look he's an architect, a little bit annually retentive in the way he likes things to look and match and he got quite quite frustrated with the Kindle version of our book. When you oh, upload wow. to Kindle, Kindle automatically changes the font to its boring shitty font. That's mm-hmm. what it's actually Kindle boring shitty font. And uh, <laughs> that's the real title of it. That's the name of it. Yeah, Tiffany, that's it. Kindle boring Love shitty it. font. And <laughs> and it was really frustrating because we had the font programmed in. We paid someone to do all this HTML coding to make sure, but you actually have to physically in Kindle go and select publisher's font. And there it was. But I liked how much he it frustrated him, but I said, "You've just got to let it go, babe. You got to let it go. It's you know the book is the book, but also I can see how from a designer's perspective you want things to look the same and be. You've gone to all this trouble to create a font and a design, especially with wedding stuff. It's nice to be then have it all look the same and match. What other areas of uh, modern etiquette do you think we should be?" not worried about, but should be mindful of compared to some of the old school etiquette and the traditions that people get so hung up on when really we shouldn't give a shit about? Definitely inner envelopes. I don't know many people doing them anymore, but every once in a while I'll still get somebody's mother who insists that there be that lined, ungummed inner envelope with the guest names. And that I haven't done those for, I think, 12 years now. They weigh more for the for the post office. It usually adds a thickness charge for the post office. It's a waste of paper. It's a waste of money. So that's something that, I said, as you always say, it goes in the bucket bucket. Yeah. I mean, that's just in envelopes are stupid. I, I said it. I, I, I'm happy you said it because I'm still <laughs> trying to picture. So you've got to. It's is it like you've got to put an envelope in an envelope? Yes. I mean, who has the time? I know. I said, and I got married. 19 years ago, I think it is now. And I had inner envelopes because that's just what everybody did. Oh, I mean, I think we should, that de- that's definitely burning for a long time in the fucker bucket. Yes. I'm watching yeah. it burn in my mind. This is silly. <laughs> and if your yeah. mother-in-law, your grandmother, your mother or whatever gets shitty about the inner envelope, I think she needs to think about her choices a little bit more. Yes, yes definitely. You're killing trees for your great-grandchildren. Yeah, transition your thoughts and worries to something else, sweetheart. That's what I'd say. Yes. After the break, Tiffany and I talk all about RSVPing, how to get people to bloody send things back. I know it can be very frustrating. If you haven't reached that moment yet, get ready. Because even the people you think are very good and proactive and returning your lovely invitations just don't sometimes. And you're like, what's your problem? I've invited you to this thing. Why don't you write back and say yes or no? Also, (laughs) also how to save money and time when it comes to stationery and all the added extras that a lot of people think they need when in fact they don't, like save the dates and bloody pamphlets that tell you what to do and where you're going at the wedding. We talked about that last week in the Fuck It Bucket, and uh, I'm excited to hear Tiffany's thoughts because she's got a lot of good ones coming up after this very short break. I think we're seeing a lot more people having civil ceremonies uh, with celebrants. I mean, I know in different countries we all call them different things, but people that aren't necessarily associated with religious churches or whatever, churches or whatever, let's just just put a whole lot of people aside. Um, (laughs) Are you seeing that 
shift from probably the more traditional church wedding and people getting married in a field or at a casino or whatever. That was a pretty different, that was a jump, wasn't it? From a church yes, to a casino. casino. Yes. <laughs> I don't know why I said casino because I don't think any of my bride chillers are getting married in casinos. Who knows? If you are, the, oh, I Vegas support. is a very popular place to get married. Oh, cool. oh, oh Vegas. Do you get Maybe married inside the-, the casinos? I don't know. Not, hopefully not on the casino floor. <laughs> no, we can't, we can't take pictures in there. That can't be it. <laughs> My terrible question for you, Tiffany, was saying, are you seeing with people getting a li- little bit more loose with potentially their ceremonies and their weddings that, that they are getting a bit more relaxed with wording and etiquette around invitations, guest lists, etc.? Oh, definitely. And even formal weddings that I've had, we're getting, we're going far away from the traditional, I guess like the wording for say an RSVP where it was always accepts with pleasure and Mm -hmm. declines with regrets. And I did a very formal invitation and the answers were yes and no. And yes, they were, of course I'll be there. And the other option was, I didn't know I had a choice. So it's, it's like, you know, and it was, it was a very formal invitation, but you know, it's showing what? personality and have fun with it. <laughs> I like it. I didn't know I had a choice and that's yes. how I would read it. Yes, exactly. It's like, <laughs> I didn't know I had a choice to not come to your wedding. And I think no was, you know, you picked a terrible time or it's too far to travel. You know, it was like little fun things like that. I think adding, I mean, for me, obviously adding personality into any aspect of your wedding, I support a hundred percent. And, um, you must see a lot of great, like exact for that exact example, great people, uh, who are coming in and going, Oh, fuck this. We're throwing all this fancy wording in the, in the can. Let's do something fun and interesting. It must make your job a little bit more sassy when you see people making those sort of, uh, choices like that. Definitely. And with um, that bride, she really wanted everyone to know it was going to be an elegant, very nice affair, but it was going to be fun with their personality all entwined into it. So it wasn't going to be a stuffy, elegant affair. It was going to be a fun, you're going to remember this night for a long time affair. That's a really fun point you make about the idea that just because people, and I joked about black tie weddings earlier, and I only say... That, that sometimes there's an expectation with black tie that it's going to be very regal and formal and blah, blah, you know, people have to talk like this, which a lot of us do not speak like that. Uh, and uh, a lot of us aren't the Obamas, basically. Um, right. You know, uh, so it's interesting that you mentioned about it can be an event can be obviously elegant and classic, but still fun and have personality. It doesn't, you, you can be very loose with uh, how you want it to be, especially especially when it comes to adding personality to it. At that wedding we uh, for the reception, their monogram, and again, I'm doing my little air quotes, their monogram was a silhouette head of a bride and a groom. So not the like side profile silhouette, but it was a like circle with no facial, mm-hmm. like no eyes, nose, with like a cute veil. And then the groom had on a top hat and like a bow tie underneath his little head <laughs> profile and everything at the wedding had thinking bubbles above the bride and groom so they were like on the table numbers and they were thinking the table number and then we had a his and her drink and she was thinking her drink and he was thinking his and it was so much fun 
in this very, very elegant room. Everything was gold, huge, gorgeous centerpieces. So again, you looked at the whole room and you saw how formal and elegant it was. Mm. But by the time you got to your seat, you saw how much fun that they were really trying to have. That's great. And it's so fun, I think, as a guest when you – you, maybe you go to events with uh, a certain perception or an expectation attached to it, and especially when things are, you know, a bit classy and la di da. And then when people start to pull out these little tricks like that, it can be quite delightful and quite lovely. And it's far more memorable than the cookie cutter wedding that you've seen so many times mm-hmm. with, you know, black lettered place cards and you know even their place cards at the head table. We did silhouettes of each of the bridal party and we put them in between the bride and the groom. So their little place card was a silhouette of themselves. Um, I have to say, and, and I'm just trying, just having a look now to see if I can find our lovely bride chiller's name. Someone recently put up a, um, some place, some table numbers uh, that they had had a designer do, which was pictures, various pictures of their dog. And yes. it was so gorgeous and so funny. And I just wanted, and the dog was hilarious. You know, all the photos were funny. Um, but it was such a lovely idea that they were bringing their dog into their wedding in a sort of kooky way, but also the, the photos were hilarious. And it was just really sweet, um, really nice way to – just to give a little bit of a pooch time on your table. Very cute. Yes, yes yeah, I just did that recently with, um, they have an English bulldog. So not the cutest dog ever <laughs> once it's drawn, but still they absolutely love their English bulldog. And he was on their cocktail napkins, wishing them, you know, a wonderful <laughs> life together. It was adorable. That's cute. It's very cute. And napkins, actually, napkins are a really fun way to put little phrases. I've seen lots of people printing stuff on napkins, like funny lines. Uh, that's another way, another sort of area you can input a little bit of humor into into your um, your table decorations as well. Yes, it's not like my napkins from my wedding. They have a very simple font that says Tiffany and Mike and our wedding date. And mm. Uh, and I had a couple that they did their hashtag on their cocktail napkins, which was just adorable. There's so many fun things you can do with a napkin, and they're not that expensive. No, and you can do them. I've seen them with gold leafing and not leafing, you know, oh, gold yes. printing. And it looks, it looks really fun. It pops, and also it's like you don't have to bother getting expensive cloth napkins. Just get the fun, colorful napkins. Print something fun on it. Who cares? It's great. And it's fun too. Um, I often do guest towels for in the bathrooms. Oh yeah, which they're not that expensive, and it's just a fun little surprise when you go into the restroom and there's a pug on, on the guest towels. So people have their the pug printed on the towel or embroidered. Yes, so I usually do. Yes, I usually do the same monogram, or even I've done different things for the guest towels. So instead of just like the paper towels that you have in the bathroom, they're like nice longer guest towels. How fun! I'd never even thought of that. Look at you yes. coming up with this stuff. It's so much fun. I, I, This is going to be a big one. People are obsessed with RSVP etiquette. And I know it's frustrating when you go to all this time and uh, effort, expense, and you hire someone amazing like you, Tiffany, and then you send it out and then people don't send things back. Let's talk about the etiquette of can you ask people, what the fuck are you doing? Are you coming to my wedding or not? In a polite way, obviously not using <laughs> that phrase or statement. Do you, is it worth, oh, this is, it's my like five questions for you. I hope you can remember them all because I'm probably going to forget. 
can you prompt people? Okay. Do we need to include postage? Does that actually do anything or people are slack anyway? How long until we can prompt people and uh, what punishment should people that don't RSVP receive? <laughs> can I answer the last one first? Yes. <laughs> Castration. <laughs> it's really rude. Pulled out. No. It's so rude. It, it's just so rude. Yes, it is so rude. And I will tell you that I have clients who want to send out their invitations early so that people have longer to RSVP. Yeah. And in my 15 years of doing this, I found that the shorter amount of time people have to RSVP, the quicker they are to RSVP. Interesting. So if you give them all this time, all they do is you've given them more time to forget to send it in. Do you think it actually um, matters if you send – I know save the dates are – people. some people love sending save the dates and are really – like. I think it's just fantastic, especially for, obviously for destination weddings or if you're asking your guests to do something – that's not just drive down the road and come to our venue that's in the same suburb as where you live. But do you think it matters about sending, save the dates in advance and then you can do a short invitation run? You could do it, you know, six to eight weeks beforehand. Does that change things if they already know about the wedding? Yes, especially for a destination wedding. I often have people who will send out save the dates about eight months before the destination wedding, even up to a year, especially if it's a location where they know everyone has to get passports. And then for those destination weddings, we put so much information to save the date, you know, what days and what the room block is and how to contact their travel agent to get tickets. So by the time we get to the invitation, they know who's coming. It's a simple invitation that goes out. No RSVP even required. That's good. And and I have a really good blog post about save the dates. I think so many people send save the dates and don't need to. Oh, this is interesting. Tell me more about that. And I will link to this uh, blog, but let's, let's, let's go a little bit deeper on that for a minute. I I really think that even for a destination wedding, if your family is going, they know when your wedding is and they're going. If you have guests who don't know when your wedding is, they're so far removed from you, they're not going to go anyway. Yeah. But I do see save the dates that I usually recommend for holiday weekends uh, where there's going to be but, you know, it's a busy weekend already so that people can plan in advance and also for hotels because hotels will get booked. Yeah. So in those instances, I think you do need to save the date. But just as you said, it's in your neighborhood. And really, I've always said, if people are close to you and are invited, they know when your wedding is. They've seen it on social media and they've heard you talk about it a thousand <laughs> times. But for those people who don't, they're far enough removed, they're likely not going to travel for your wedding. And do you, it's one of those expenses. I always say, let's drop it. Let's, that's a bucket bucket item for me. And let's do something more with the invitations. Yes. Transition that money off to something, to the things that really matter if it's not necessary. Right. Yep. Good point. And what do you think about RSVPs? Do you think adding stamps and return bloody cards and all this stuff, do you think it actually makes a difference? You know, that was a really good question and I would love to test it, but I'm not going to suggest to anyone, hey, let's try not putting stamps on yours and see what kind of response you get. But I said, but I, you know, I've heard some people say that they don't receive two thirds of their RSVP cards back, which just is so ridiculous to me. 
it's put a little check mark on it and send it back in the envelope that you got. Yeah, and it's funny that you go. I would like to do some sort of market research to those people to say, okay. It, most people, if you work in an office, they've got a mailroom. You could just chuck it in that there's, there's usually some sort of box or something that comes around where you can go to a mailroom. Or there's, uh, I don't know, I live in London. There are literally red post boxes every 20 meters on these streets here. Yes. You, it's very hard mm-hmm. to not hit somewhere. And in America, don't they have the little, don't you put your little flag up on your mailbox? Or is that just in the movies? Yes, exactly. That's a real thing. Yes. They you, collect mail. You put your flag up when you get mail. Are you freaking kidding. So they come to your house and collect mail. Yes, isn't that crazy? Well, that's insane, and I don't know how anyone in the states with access to those sort of facilities cannot return an RSVP. That's crazy. Yeah. And it only costs forty nine cents to send that. Forty nine cents. You couldn't pay me five dollars to walk down to the end of the street. <laughs> Seriously. I'm like, and I can send something to California, the other side of the country, from me for forty nine cents. I I am very surprised about that and delighted as well that that actually is a real thing. One thing I, I spoke to a, a, another lovely lady, another designer recently, Casey, um, and she has a business called Revelry and Heart, and we were talking a little bit about the crossover between the young people, quote unquote, and the old people. And if you want to potentially do uh, have a designer do online design, wedding invitation design, and you want to do it all via the interwebs, that's cool. But a lot of old people still require some sort of physical uh, invitation because they do not, they're not silver surfers. They're not connecting to the interwebs. So it can be hard sometimes if you're sending out physical invitations and then online invitations, and maybe you've got overseas invitations that you're trying to chase up. It's important to collate data and information in one place because it can get quite confusing, can't it, when you're trying to work out your RSVPs and you've got shit coming from all angles. Yes. Yeah. And I suggest the same thing on the outer envelopes. The etiquette is it would be Mr. and Mrs. John Smith. And rightly so, everyone in the new generation, and I'm doing air quotes again, um, they'd want the wife's name on there. It's like, I'm not Mr. or Mrs. Michael Winchell. I'm Mrs. Tiffany Winchell. So what I usually suggest in those cases is pick and choose which way you want to do it. So your grandmother might be offended if she wasn't listed as Mr. and Mrs. John Smith. Mm. So do that on hers, but on your friends, definitely, or even do first names. You know, you don't need this Mr. and Mrs. stuff anymore. You you know, just do first names. That's, it's a, I think you just pick and choose and you do what works for you and for your family and guests. Yeah, I agree. I mean, etiquette to me, and I've learned a lot today already, Tiffany, I think etiquette is something, as you said at the top of the show, that you can be flexible with with your circumstances. And obviously, if you're having a very cash wedding and you know everyone that is coming and everyone knows the right information, really, you just want people to turn up and feel welcome and have a nice time. Yes. And so, and I think most of my clients, they want to have an experience wedding where everybody has just a fantastic time and walks away feeling that they were part of something. Mm. It's not just about, you know, you sit down, eat dinner, watch the bride and groom have a dance, watch the daughter and her father have a dance. It's, you know, it's very you want it to be experiential and include everyone and just to have a great time. I have really learned a lot today, Tiffany. I feel like you, uh, well, you know your business. That's that's for sure. Well, thank you. It was so much fun. <laughs> if people would like to learn more, of course they would. If people want to come and talk with you about designing some of their invitations and stationery for their wedding, where would they come? 
uh, right to my website at gourmetinvitationswithans.com. Beautiful. You design from scratch, don't you? And then, yeah, yeah. so it's all bespoke. Yeah, I usually um, start with a conversation with the couple and I don't say, you know, what's the theme of your wedding and what does your dress look like? I usually ask questions about, you know, tell me about yourself. How did you get engaged? What hobbies do you like to do? Those sort of things and start to incorporate their personality into the invitations. And that most of the times becomes the theme which is fun. That is fun. And it's one of those things that you, people open those envelopes and you really get a sense of what sort of event they're going to be attending. And that's exciting. I always say you want to excite your guests the moment they open their mailbox. Oh gosh, I love receiving mail, except if it's bills. Yes, which is always bills. So why not get like a fun black envelope with gold writing oh, on that's it? That's nice. Yeah. I, I mean, if the bills came in those sort of envelopes, I'd be more inclined to pay them. Hey, we might have something <gasps> there. Sexy bills. Oh my gosh. Quick. Oh. I'm gonna, I'm gonna register Get that there domain right now. Right sexy now. bill. I'm, I'm gonna Google just while we're here before we go. Let me just look up sexy bills. Rich is always saying, "Don't Google that on my computer," because I always, I'm on my computer. Sexy bills. <gasps> oh, sexybills.com. Shit, it's probably gonna be something grim. Sexybills.com is for sale. Tiffany, we might be in for a, we might be in for a, a really good thing here. I think this is this is our future, guys. Forget podcasting, forget invitation design. We're going off to make make our fortunes elsewhere. Yes, exactly. God help us, <laughs> Tiffany. Thank you so much again. It's been such a delight and a pleasure to speak with you, and and thank you for being very insightful about modern wedding invitation etiquette. Oh, and thank you for having me on. It was a blast. Happy days. The Bride Chiller Podcast. The only place the cookie cutter should be used is in the kitchen. Am I right? <laughs>